Hello and welcome to the DFS Coach Talk podcast. Today is Thursday, February 27th, and I am Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach, and I am here today with our DFS NBA Pro GPP player at DFS Coach Talk, the one, the only, Andrew Hansen. Coach, that was a nice, smooth introduction. I'm, I'm starting to wonder, are you better at podcasting now, or are you better at DFS? It's getting close. Well, you know, unlike you, I only have to do one take on stuff. I don't have to <laughs> do three takes. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> That's an inside joke for all of you people out there. Andrew was trying to give me a little dig because I, I messed up on the front of the podcast here, but uh, we redid it. You know, we just try to we try to roll out perfection to our members, Andrew. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And you know, I'll take the I'll take the blame on that one. I was doing some extra research this morning. You were sitting there twiddling your thumbs, waiting for me to be ready. And so I think that's probably what threw you off your game. Well, you know, I really do appreciate that, but that that is a pretty weak excuse. I will just <laughs> I will just take too many uh, shots to the head in my sports career as the uh, okay the use but uh we'll go on from there man but it's great to be on here with you today it's actually the the smallest slate we've had it seems like since before the all-star break for sure uh four games so it's not not you know we've been dealing with eight nine eleven you know we've had all kinds of big slates which actually i like better but today's slate is going to be wild andrew because it's four games with really the three or four best players uh, from these teams all out. So it's going to be a very tough one. And on top of that, all four spreads are pretty big. So we have, even though it's only four games, there's a lot to dig into here to see if we can figure out, you know, where the value is and who the top plays are. And I, I love these four game slates and I'm thankful that we have less of the studs to, analyze here so i'm pumped for this four gamer wow all right this is right in your uh right in your strike zone then we're gonna right in the wheelhouse in the wheelhouse exactly um just before we get started here real quick you can uh always find us at dfscoachtalk.com you can find us on twitter at dfscoachtalk and uh you know you can find our podcasts everywhere podcasts can be found uh, we're really fired up because we have, uh, yesterday, we completed our first full week of providing lines and providing uh, everything for DFS Coach Talk and uh, went a super 6-1. and one, And my record, personal record on the season is 56-22. and 22. So I'm getting closer to that mid-70 percentage mark, which would be really special for me. I've generally in the uh, mid to upper 60s, which is solid in the, in the industry. But when you get over 70, you know, it's sort of like those guys that shoot 90, 40, 50, like the bookers and stuff. I mean, you're, you're, you're up in some uh, rare air. And, and I don't say that on these shows, and I tell our, our guys with DFS Coach Talk too, I don't say those uh, numbers and my record and our, our DFS Coach Talk record to brag. I just, I like to have it on the record, on our podcasts, on our website. So every day, you know, when we tweet our stuff out, they can see, you know, we're putting our winning lineups up there. And if we lose, we're the first ones to to take ownership and 
Uh, we'll start out that next show if we have a losing day and really dig into our roster. Where did we go wrong? What did we do? This and that. Because you have to learn from it because no one's going to go undefeated. But I like to say that so that it's it's documented. So then as we continue to win and do well and grow, you know, they're the naysayers or those that, you know, don't want us uh, or have some jealousy there, which I found out is pretty funny with a few trolls and cyber bully people that have tried to jump in a little bit on us here. And I, I'm not used to that, but I guess from what I'm told, that's the best compliment you can get that people are worried you're going to, or jealous of your success. So anyway, the the bottom line is I state that about the records because, uh, you know, I, I'm going to mention that on the podcast each day, just so that, you know, everybody can take a mental note and keep track with me. So hopefully way down the road, we're like 80 and 33 or something. And, and uh, we'll know how we got there just looking at it day by day. So does that make sense, Andrew? It does. And coach, I think our listeners appreciate that transparent, that transparency. And, you know, with that strong winning record, they may also want to try to join in on the fun. Do you want to describe a little bit for the listeners how they can become members and you know, share in some of these winning lineups with us? Absolutely. I, and I, that's a great idea. And, you know, I, I mentioned it on here, but I really haven't gone into a big description of it in this first week because, we, you know, we just want to make sure our podcasters that are following us over for hoop, from Hoopball or uh, that have listened are listening new or whatever, just get used to what we're doing. But, uh, you know, this podcast is a free seven-day-a-week uh, podcast, DFS NBA. I think it's the best free podcast in the industry. It's always going to stay free. We're not ever going to plug any of it behind a paywall. But if you do want to go the next level, you love our podcasts, you want to win more, or you want to start winning uh, in DFS NBA, then go to DFSCoachTalk.com. You can look through everything there. It explains our whole site, what we're doing, who's part of it. Uh, like Andrew said, I, I love transparency with everything so everybody knows what's what. Uh, and we have, you know, we're on Twitter all the time, too, so you can help follow everything there. But once you become a member, uh, then you get into our Discord chat. And that's where all of our members are, all of our pros are, lots of great conversations, discussions, chats, everything else. That's where we're posting the lineups 30 minutes before uh, before lock. And then, you know, that's where we're, we're really being able to share in some, some, a real hot streak here that we hope continues. And, um, you know, we keep posting winners. So the community, as the community grows, uh, we're just, we just keep having more and more fun. And it's only been a week, Andrew. It, it, it's hard to believe it's only been a week, you know? I know. It's just flown real by, it's flown by real fast, but yeah. uh, very exciting, very strong record. And we're going to keep, keep it rolling here. Absolutely, no doubt about it. All right, well let's uh, let's go with our first order of business, which is always to look at the most updated injury report before we get the breakdown going on the four games. And it's a nice little short one. I know the I think it was two two days ago or something. There were like twenty seven people <laughs> on this list. I I thought I think Mike had a sandwich and went out and took a little jog and came back and I was done at that point. So right. it's crazy. But today again it's it's not a lot of news but it's massive news. So we you know it's so we know Joel Embiid is out 
with his shoulder. So that's, you know, big, big one right there. Uh, Victor Oladipo is back. He is playing. Um, so that shuffles the deck there again. Um, he has not played over 29 minutes since he's been back, even before this last setback. It doesn't say anything here right now about a limits restriction, but I don't anticipate. This is just me speaking, no documentation, so off the record from that. I wouldn't expect them to play much more than 25 minutes. That's just my gut feeling. I can't imagine they're going to extend it more than that after just being back, you know, such a short period of time and having a little setback there. Plus, they have good depth. I mean, Aaron Holiday, TJ McConnell, uh, those guys have been playing uh, Justin Holiday as well. But they also did lose Jeremy Lamb for the year with that torn ACL. So, you know, there is a situation there where, you know, uh, Oladipo could grab that 25 minutes. Um, Anthony Davis, it's the same joke that they do every day. He's 75% probable on the list but literally has been on it every time and he's going to play he's specifically going to play because of the big news the second big giant bomb that fell here lebron james is out for the game he is not going to play because he has a sore left groin so he sits this one out uh here's one for you coach, and coach this is where this is where yeah. sore left this is where the words sore left groin also equal playing the Golden State Warriors. <laughs> I, yes, I think his groin is is uh, sore from laughing so hard uh, at the Warriors and how crappy they are and that he wants to sit this one out, that he strained it from, you know, his just full belly laughter. That's exactly. my thought. Uh, but Wayne Ellington, buddy. There you go. Wayne Ellington. Let's all – oh, jeez, some of these guys – I. You know, I love Wayne Ellington. He can shoot the eyes out of the hoop. But if you if you roster Wayne Ellington, you know, do I have to give him the it's you know, do a new hobby thing? Does Wayne Ellington qualify for that? Not quite. No, okay. We won't go there then. Um <laughs> Hazonia was the guy I used that on the other yes. day. But, okay, so he is active. Alfred Payton is back and he's gonna start. I read that too. So that's big for the Knicks. Elf had been playing fantastic ball. Um, and then two of the bigs from Golden State uh, look like they're going to be back. Marquise Chris has already been ruled in, and Draymond Green is 75% uh, probable. So that'll shuffle the deck a little bit with some of the bigs from Golden State with those guys being back. But that's uh, that's it, man. How nice and quaint that is, huh? Yeah, not too bad. Pretty efficient here. Not too shabby at all. Um, all right, this the first game is uh, – so we have a 7 Eastern, 2 8 o'clock Eastern, and then a two-and-a-half-hour gap until the 10.30 Eastern Lakers-Golden State game. So this will be interesting on roster construction, uh, how it ends up working out. So uh, just to, a little discussion on this Knicks and Phillies game uh, – Phillies – you think I'm thinking baseball? <laughs> Phillies. Well, I'll tell you what, the, the way the Sixers are going, uh, they've got about as much chance to win the NBA championships as the, as the Philadelphia Phillies do at this point. But uh, Agreed. Yeah. Uh, the Knicks and, and uh, the Sixers are on the second night of a back-to-back, so they're both absorbing uh, that 
and so that equals that playing field a bit. Um, the Sixers are only favored by six, believe it or not, uh, even though it's at home against the woeful Knicks, but obviously because uh, Simmons and, and Embiid are out, but that still seems low to me. Um, the 211.5 lowest total on the board implied for Phillies 109, the Knicks 102.5. From a pace standpoint, not real uh, exciting, 21st Knicks, 18 Philly. And defensively, uh, somewhat of a dichotomy here. You've got the Knicks at 23, uh, not playing great D. And you've got uh, uh, something I want to mention here because I think it's important. Philadelphia is ranked sixth, which is is very good. However, they have the biggest discrepancy of drop in defensive rating when one player is removed from the floor. So Joel Embiid, if you don't think he has the potential to be an MVP candidate someday, then you don't know basketball because – you, this is a great stat, Andrew, and it's held up all year. It's it's vacillated between two or three points, but when when he is out of a game and does not play any minutes at all, Philadelphia gives up twelve point three points per game more. Isn't that crazy? It is, and you know this is a major impact on Philly on the defensive side, like you said, offensively as well. I saw a stat last night that when Embiid and Simmons are off the floor the 76ers offensive rating is 100.1 which is just awful so this is going to be tough to to deal with the loss of those two guys it does and i've dug into this really deep today trying to figure out you know where is all that usage going to go you know because simmons and Embiid are one two on the team in usage so you know does it go to horford Uh, does it go and shout out to brett one of our uh DFS coach talk guys. He's a Sixers fan and and uh, uh, he loves Al Horford. But uh, tonight anyway, or just in general? I, actually, it's it's a little dig. He hates Al Horford. <laughs> oh, because oh, oh, he loves Embiid. He, he does. Doesn't yeah, he, he thinks Horford screws up their rotation, and he was a terrible pickup and all that stuff. So I was oh, just okay. I was trying to give him a little little side joke shot. But uh, but anyway, I mean Horford and those guys, you know, shake and. And Jr. I mean, somebody's going to have to score for them. Uh, but you made a good point. You said, what an incredible impact with Simmons and Embiid off the floor. Now, we know Simmons is going to be out for a while. If you saw it when it happened, I happened to be watching because we had him rostered, and his back just literally locked up. And I've had that happen before. That hurts. And you don't get over that, you know, in a couple of days. And, you know, he had an MRI. He's seeing a back specialist. So he, it could be a, a big problem for the Sixers. And I happen to come across uh, uh, a little clip that Woj from ESPN was talking about what kind of backlash, no pun intended, uh, Simmons' injury was going to have uh, on the Sixers the rest of the way. Let's listen into that real quickly, and then we'll comment on it. Well, he's undergoing therapy now, and they think there can be some improvement. It's a nerve impingement, but... That two weeks is really just a benchmark to then take a look at further down the road about how much time he's going to miss. And I'm told the Sixers are preparing to play without Ben Simmons, that he's going to be out an extended period of time. Now, what that is is still unclear, but this is an organization that is preparing to play without him. They're not expecting him back in two weeks. When exactly did this injury occur? It happened uh, in that Saturday night Milwaukee game. 
Uh, about eight minutes left in the game on a layup. There was an injury. Now, he had missed that Thursday game prior with a stiff back. This was not related to that, I'm mm -hmm. told. It was a new injury that occurred in that game, and he went out, he went out of the game and, and, and is going to be out now for the foreseeable future. Well, there you go, Andrew. See, it's, I mean, when Woj is talking about it, it's for real because he is sort of the guru of the NBA when it comes to news and talk and information. So the Sixers are in deep trouble, don't you think? Oh, big time. I mean, this is just going to go downhill. And wouldn't it be ironic if Simmons being out long term is the final nail in the coffin and Brett Brown is let go, where those two guys have been attached at the hip and they go way back. And so, yeah, it's just a it's just a dire situation for the Sixers. Yeah, it's it's a it is a complete disaster. And, you know, if he's going to have this lingering, there's no way in, in God's earth he's going to play in the Olympics. Uh, and that was the whole reason Brett Brown was hired as the Australian head coach. He's married to an Australian woman. So that started it going that direction. And then they just recruited him because they wanted to get Simmons to play. I think I mentioned that on the show before. But now it looks like he may be out on top of that. And it would have messed. Well, I'll tell you what, though, with this this coronavirus, they're talking about the Olympics, the potential of that being canceled altogether. So God knows what's going to happen with that. But, uh, you know, that's a whole nother story. But all right, let's uh, let's jump into this Knicks Sixers game. I gave you the numbers. Now, you know, once now that we know what's what there, what do we do with that information, Andrew? It is a good question. And for me, certainly want to look at Philly for starters here. And the interesting thing is, at least on DraftKings, the pricing, I don't, you know, I don't think they've overcorrected. Uh, you know, the, the price tags really haven't shot up to account yeah. for, the, the, for the absence of Embiid and Simmons. So I think all the starters are in play. Uh, we don't know who that fifth guy is going to be. You know, maybe they'll put Thibel out there. Uh, could be Robinson. I mean, who knows what Brett Brown will do, but right. I, I think they're all in play. Um, I was looking at the back-to-backs for the Sixers. Last time they had one of those, Shake Milton was the worst. Uh, he had 22 minutes and only 7.5 fantasy points, Ooh. which was a, a little bit surprising to me. The guy who did the best on the back-to-back -back is Korkmaz. Hmm. Uh that was that game where he had 52 fantasy points against Memphis. Okay. Uh, so that's encouraging to me. He's only 4.4. And for a tournament lineup, I think he's he's a, he's an opportunity maybe to get a little bit different where I think a lot of folks will play one or two of the Philly, start, Philly starters. And if you maybe play one starter or even fade the starters and go with Korkmaz, then you know that could be a way to differentiate your lineup. It could. There's no doubt. I mean, it's the Philly situation is tough. I mean, you can approach it from 10 different angles for sure. What about the Knicks side of the ball? Yeah, so the Knicks side, I mean, that's, I'm just still frustrated from last night, the front end of the back-to-back, -back, when they, they played 11 guys, mostly in that 20 to 26-minute range. Yeah. So nobody really paid off, except for Mitchell Robinson. He was terrific. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not excited about playing any of them. I know those two strong defenders are out, but I just don't expect this to be high scoring. Um, you know, Peyton, I'm glad that his price is down a little bit. He's at 7K on DraftKings. He's going to, I'll consider him. 
Randall is, you know, the guy that I like to play the most for the Knicks. He's down at 7.8. So, you know, they're in my player pool, but I just I just don't plan to play many of the Knicks. I'm with you completely. Uh, I don't I like Peyton, but his price tag is still a little too high for me. Plus, I think Jay Rich will slow him down. Plus, coming back from an injury, we're not positive on the minutes he he's going to play. Uh, if Nidalekina and Smith are available, Smith had such a nice game the other day, you would think the coach would want to get them in there enough that it would take some usage away. So I'm not going Peyton. Um, you know, all the other guys, they're rotating at guard from Ellington to, you know, Dotson to, you know, there's just so many people who had no idea who's going to really fit that role. Uh, Randall hasn't played a ton of minutes in the last few games, which is a little head scratcher for me, you know, to 25, 28. And if, if you know, if you're really going to spend the money and pay up on Randall, you want him to get that 35 minute run, which, you know, at, at, for a while there he was getting and producing. So uh, I think a lot of people are going to jump on Mitch Robb just because he can uh, put up stats pretty darn quick with the blocks and everything. But it's still just such a, a diluted uh, group and rotation there. It's just hard to, to really count on them. Now, if you want to take a shot, I think, at a Mitch Robb or even Randall and GPPs, but I'm not going to use any of the Knicks in my cash game either. On the Philly side, that's where you got to really dig in and look at it. I mean, you know, the Harris and Richardson, I guess, are the two most, uh, you know, common picks that'll probably have the most ownership and I think Horford will too I think Horford's going to start and uh, you know right now I was I'm looking at all four guys not that I'm going to play all four but I think two of these guys or you maybe even three will make my lineup just because I agree with what you said they haven't adjusted the prices all of that massive usage from Embiid and Simmons has to go somewhere. And and I know a lot of people play Cork Maz, and I get that. But I'm looking more at Jay Rich, Horford, Harris, and Shake. Uh, I know Shake didn't do as well in the back-to-back last time. But, you know, just from the eye test, he, it looks like he's the one that really is stepping up. Jay Rich had a real bad first half and a really good second half. So... Uh, I'm thinking he's going to take a little bit of that confidence into this game. Um, so as as odd as it is, and as you know, this is the lowest total on the board. Um, you know, but Philly's only a six point favorite, which is the lowest favorite on the board as well. I, I sort of like some Sixers, and and they're going to make my lineup. Well, I do. I, I like that approach a lot more for cash. It just makes total sense with the pricing, especially if you get two or three of them. Then it really balances it out. It's a very reliable group of guys. And then you you know take a different approach with the other three games. We'll see what happens, man. Uh, let's go to that second game. It's an 8 o'clock game. Portland at Indiana. Um, Indiana is a 9.5-point favorite. Um, it is a 218.5 total, so pretty low. All of them are pretty low today, though. Um Portland is 11th in pace. Indiana's only 24th um, in defensive team efficiency. You've got Portland at 27. 
Uh, Indiana is ninth, so that is uh, uh, definitely uh, something to consider. That they have been playing better defense. Of course, Dame is out, so that creates a whole shift in, in this uh, game for usage for Portland. Um, so what, what's your initial take? Oh, implied total for Indiana is 114, Portland 104.5. What do you think, man? Well, I think there's a good chance that this is where I'm going to spend most of my money for a tournament lineup and get okay. the, some core pieces here. C.J. McCollum has just been the man with Lillard. Oh, three huge. Oh, three straight games over 50 fantasy points. He's still at only 9K. So, and I know I know Indiana is solid on defense, but you know when these two teams played before, it was very high scoring. Lillard put up 50 actual points, and McCollum had a good game too. So, wow, I, I like McCollum here. Uh, he's going to be one of my core plays. I like Sabonis on the other side. Mm-hmm. He had a he had a triple double against Portland, and I just don't think any of their any of the members of their front court are a good defensive match against Sabonis. Just that combination of uh, you know size, skill, uh, you know his ability to be you know scoring off the dribble in the in the post from the perimeter. Um, I just don't I don't I just don't think Whiteside uh, or Carmelo you know really match up well with him at all. I think he's sort of nice in between. Mm-hmm. So. He's going to be one of my core plays. And then the next guy I've got circled is back on the Portland side. It's Ariza to try and get some more more exposure to this game, which, you know, I think could be a little bit higher scoring than the others and potentially be a closer game. Ariza has had three of his last four games. He's had over 28 fantasy points. So just that nice, solid mid-tier guy that will give you about a 6x return. Yeah. So those are my three favorite players from this game. I uh, we just got the news on Oladipo right before we started, mm-hmm. so that that certainly changes things for the Indiana side. I think, you know, the guys. I, I think I was a little bit more into playing Brogdon potentially, or even Aaron Holiday uh, before the Oladipo news. But with him in there, and if if they're all getting, you know, twenty two to 32 minutes I'm I'm not that I'm not as interested in them but I'd like to get some exposure there because Portsmouth uh, sorry Portsmouth Portland is just not very strong defensively so um with Oladipo back in the mix here do you think you'll play any of the Pacer backcourt no I I mean I think you made a, a perfect uh perfect point there by the way now it's Portsmouth against the Phillies I think that's a baseball <laughs> game We've got we've made our own baseball game. <laughs> oh boy! Um, no, I'm with you, man. I just you know with Oladipo out there and and the guys I mentioned earlier with with Brogdon and Justin Holiday, Aaron Holiday. Um, you know those guys are all going to get some usage. I just don't feel comfortable. I used to go to Brogdon a lot, but and Portland's backcourt doesn't defend well, so it is tempting. Because I still think in my gut that they're not going to extend the minutes on Oladipo, but I'm not going to quite go there. I'm going to eat the chalk with you. I think the two guys that we both love in this game are going to be loved across the industry. And one thing you'll notice for our listeners and our members, my picks are very organic. Andrew's picks are organic, and and Mike's picks. We 
don't look at any competitors when we before we do this show. We just organically build based on the statistical analysis that I test and everything else. Now, what I will do towards the end of the day when I'm finalizing my builds is I will look at ownership across the industry because you have to because you want to see where it's just, you know, crazy chalk and some huge value based on ownership. And that is a big part of the game. So, you know, I don't I don't I preach don't look at it initially so you because you don't want it to sway when you're building, but then look at it at the end to make sure that you're not missing out on something that's very uh, obvious right in front of you. Um, so in saying that, CJ McCollum without Dame just put him in there. I mean, free square. Sabonis, the way he's been playing against a matchup against Portland, which he's proved can't guard him, because if they put Whiteside on him, he'll go out and he'll shoot some threes or he'll take him off the dribble. If they try to switch and put Carmelo on him or one of the players off the bench, uh, they have, what, Jakar Sampson? Is that the guy? He came in and tried to play him a little bit. Uh, I think that's who it was, or somebody like that that's not very good. But Yeah, you're, no, you're thinking of Sampson off the bench for Indiana. Probably thinking um, of somebody like Tolliver. Yes, that's who I meant. The, the two, they're both old guys. Anthony Tolliver came in a little bit and tried to guard him, and, and he just uh, was too quick for him and just posted him up. And if you've watched uh, Sabonis play, uh, man, is he improving. I mean, he's got that... Uh, literally the dream shake, you know, that he uses the old Elijah one move with the quick pivot step and, and knocks it down. And if he gets that ball at the top of the key and faces up, you're dead. It's just like when the Joker gets the ball. If you're open, he's going to find you cutting back door or he's going to catch, you know, catch you for the three. So I'm with Sabonis here all the way. I know, again, those two guys in this game will be chalk, but I think on a four game slate, you can't risk fading just some of the obvious chalk because you can't play that much catch up uh as you know we're in a 12 game slate if you miss on one of the chalk guys you know there's lots of places you can make that up so i i'm agree i agree with you on those two guys from this game uh they're not going to be the most cheap guys but uh you know those are the two that i like best and i I really not going to play anybody else don't fall for the miles turner thing folks you know, he had 10 stocks last game, eight blocks and two steals. It inflated his number. He had like a 50-point game. That isn't going to happen again. You know, I mean, if you want a guy that's got a pretty safe floor that's going to get you 25 to 28 usually uh, points, that's fine. But, you know, he is not going to bust for the 50-some DFS points on a on a regular basis. So I would not go there, especially uh, if Whiteside's guarding him. You know, he, he has a tendency, Turner, to not be real strong in the in the post and uh, gets shoved around a little bit. So uh, I would steer clear of that. But anything else on this game uh, for you, Andrew? Yeah, just one more point on the backup bigs for Portland. Um, Tolliver would have been that guy in that first matchup. He, of course, went to Sacramento in that Ariza deal so now the guys we're looking at are Swanigan. Yeah, perfect. And, They're and then, all, the, all those guys are the same guy, Tolliver yeah, right. and Swanigan. The, yeah, just, I mean, Portland yeah. has a token guy like that that's just not not very strong Come defensively. In, but play he'll, eight he'll minutes, get a few minutes. Get the hell out of the guy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I also got to mention Wenyan Gabriel. I mean, there's a chance he could play a few minutes against that's him. True. He's a, He's an exciting young player. I like him a lot. 
And speaking of Portsmouth, New Hampshire, he's from New Hampshire, or he, he at least played wow. a year a year of high school ball in New Hampshire, which is pretty rare for guys in the NBA. So, um, you know, he's a guy to keep a, keep an eye on. I may have mentioned him earlier in the season, but yeah, yeah, I think so I might have even made fun of you. So I won't yeah. make fun of you now because well, I know. I mean, I'm he's not saying town guy. I'm not saying play him tonight, but I'm saying. He's got a lot of talent, a lot of potential. He can score. He can do a lot. I mean, he's like, you know, a poor man's Siakam in terms of holy smokes where he could go. Just, just in terms of that type of body and that type of skill set. If he, you know, if he perfected his skills as much as Siakam did, that's the guy he could be in a dream scenario. I'm not saying he's going to be anywhere close to Siakam, but. Um, that's the anyway. body type and game style. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, okay. yeah, interesting. So keep an eye Very on him. Keep an eye on him. Absolutely. All right, game three, the other eight o'clock game is Sacramento at Oklahoma City. Uh, this is barely the the highest total, but it's still the highest total on the board at two twenty two. You've got the Thunder right now are a seven point favorite, um, and you've got. Uh, Sacramento and Oklahoma City both on the first night of a back-to-back. So got to do a little dig in there to see. And both coaches do have a tendency on first uh, nights of a back-to-back to not uh, play their guys 38, 40 minutes. Uh, so that is a little downgrade for these guys in my book because even if they lose three, four minutes on the court, uh, because they're saving them a little bit uh, for the second game and go a little deeper. That does pretty much take that 222 number down a few points and make it sort of equal with everybody else in my book. Um, you know, I guess there's definitely some blowout potential with the Thunder, but Vegas doesn't think it's that obvious with it only being seven. Um, so that is interesting. Um, Sacramento and Oklahoma City are 25th and 23rd in pace. So how do you figure that they're the highest point uh, total on the board? It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. That's sort of the, the theme of this uh, evening. Uh, you got, it's just a strange uh, four-game slate, very odd, very tough to uh, handicap and predict. I can tell you right now, I'll let the cat out of the bag, I'm, I'm going a little less than I normally play tonight because I just I don't like the – this slate feels too awkward to me that too many weird things could happen. So for, for you listeners out there, you know, I guess my advice would be to go a little lighter. Uh, there's great slates Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So I would say, you know, save up for those. Um, defensive efficiency, Sacramento is 18th. Oklahoma City is 11th. So not bad. Um, so it's not a game really to target, in my opinion. Um, I don't want De'Aaron Fox playing against uh, CP. So I don't. I mean, this is a tough one. What do you What do you have here? Yeah, I think all those factors are really important to consider that, that you mentioned. Um, and for me, I, I'm, you know, I was looking at the fact that it's the front end of the back to back for both teams. And I think for my initial build, like I said, I'm going to put a lot of investment in the game before and then look at this one for a couple of one-offs, you know, get a couple of the, the key guys in the rotation, but not stack it. And then, you know, maybe for the tournament players, if you want to get a little bit different, then 
okay, try a, try a game stack here just in case it stays close and is the highest scoring game, like like it does have the highest total. Um, but yeah, for my primary approach, I, I'm not going to take much out of this game. No, nobody's really stood out in their previous matchups. Right. Um, and, and I don't really like playing anybody from the Sacramento front court right now anyway. Um, in terms of the guys I'm looking at, uh, Schroeder is the first one. You know, he went for 24-4 and 9 the last time these two teams played. So yeah. he has stood he has stood out a little bit. And then that just that price on DraftKings, you know, he's got more separation from Shea and CP than he usually does. He's got 2000 he's 2000 less than both of them. So Yeah, you took the words right out of my mouth. You know, yep. Schroeder's my favorite play from this game too and that's because of the value. So we're on the same page there, man. Yeah, and then on the other side if I only play one player, it's it's actually going to be Bazemore. Um, oh no! I guess I just I just missed talking you, why to. Why do you uh, let a Patria, uh I mean, talk you into hey, this stuff? Hey, you man. know he's got a lot of brilliant nuggets. You got to you got to take advantage of him. And um, you know, you know eventually hopefully, there there is going to be some time this year that I need to take a day off and we'll let. <laughs> But the fear of having you and Apatry on there rostering Baysmore. Saying and, he's 100% lock. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. Well, Apatry, he might be a little bit scarred from some of those days early in the season when Baysmore was a, a letdown. But he's had four straight games of over 24 fantasy points. Wow. And he's only 4.7. This is a four-game slate. And I like, you know, in a tournament build, I like guys like this that you can count on for that at least five or six X return and maybe more. I mean, we know Baysmore can get you 30 fantasy points. So yeah. um, he's the guy on Sacramento. I'm looking at the most. Yeah. It's, I'll tell you for this, you know, supposed to be, be one of the more high played games. I, I just don't see it. I, it, it's such a backward slate today. There's no doubt. I mean, uh, from the Sacramento side, I like Harry Giles a little bit. I think there's, um, to borrow a potry, I think there's some juice on that bone for him that he's going to get enough minutes at his price to to uh, make value until some of those guys get back from the Kings. So I don't think he's the worst play. Um, you know, I don't like. I said I don't like Fox. Uh, I I really am concerned because you know Bogdanovich healed. Who do you play? Are they splitting the minutes up? Um, just not my favorite team to go to right now. Uh, on the Thunder side, though, I do like some Thunder. I'll probably have a couple Thunder uh, in my lineup. Uh, Steven Adams has been rock solid lately. Uh, I like him in this matchup. Uh, Schroeder, like I said, from a value standpoint, he's underpriced. I think he's he's going to make uh, most of my lineups. And um, I wouldn't mind going with either... Chris Paul or Shea. I think either one of them is very playable. I wouldn't play both, but I feel comfortable rostering one of them. I have to see how it fits my build along with Schroeder and uh, possibly even Adams. So I could have a, like a two-man more than likely uh, or even three possibly on the Thunder side because they do play better at home. This game isn't supposed to blow out according to Vegas, and if it doesn't, uh, you know I think that you know Thunder could be a nice team to have a couple of guys from on this slate. 
Agreed. All right, you ready to go to the final? The hammer, the late night sweat? Let's get after it. 10.30 Eastern, your Los Angeles Lakers against the Golden State (laughs) Warriors. (laughs) It is uh, the Lakers by nine and a half. So we're getting in that, you know, sniff of uh, blowout potential. Obviously, you know, with LeBron sitting because they don't need him in this game to win it um, is basically why that's what they should. It should say LeBron James out because Warriors suck. That's what the, the exactly thing should be, um, but he's he's nine and a, it's a nine and a half point game, two twenty and a half over under, so right in the ballpark with everybody else. Um, the implied totals are Lakers one fifteen, which is the highest number on the board, and Golden State one oh five and a half. Um, as far as pace, solid twelfth for LA, fourteenth for Golden State, so they're going to get up and down. Uh, Lakers are third defensively, so that puts a little bit of clamps on Warriors players here. Uh, even without LeBron, I think they're they don't lose a whole lot defensively. Uh, they still have their main, you know, having Green, Bradley, and AD, and either McGee or Howard in there. That's pretty rough defensively. That that can get it done. And then whoever they rotate in uh, for LeBron, whether it be Rondo or the uh, or it could be uh, why do I always forget his name? The Great White Hope that looks Caruso. like Caruso, white men can't jump guy. Um, he and Rondo and KCP will probably get some additional minutes to fill in for LeBron. Uh, so I'm not real high on the Golden State side. Uh, I have played. Damian Lee and Jordan pull like crazy lately. And man, those guys have been so consistently, you know, six, seven X. They've done a great job. Uh, The problem is they've had some good matchups. You know, this is not a good matchup. Those two guys I just mentioned will probably start off the game being uh, guarded by uh, two of these three. And I would assume, uh, and I could be wrong, but I, I know it'll be, Bradley and Green. I'm thinking it might be Rondo as the the third guy or Caruso. They're all all four of those guys are capable defenders, especially Bradley and Green. They're NBA all defensive uh, level. So I don't. I'm not going to go with the Golden State guys. Uh, you know, on the in the backcourt like I usually do. I, I know Bowman's also getting some of those minutes, and then you know the fact that Chris and Draymond are going to play. Some of that usage will be dispersed, and Pascal get in there. So I'm not going any Warriors. Let's make it that simple. I think that I know that a lot of them are, are blowout proof because they play. They're playing their G League team as it is. So even if the Lakers do blow this game out, a lot of those guys will still get minutes. But I'm not going there. I'm not comfortable with it. I think my my other pay up guy, you know, and again, I, I, that's why I don't like this slate that much. I'm going with AD. I just don't see how. How the hell, when LeBron's out against a, a team that has a lousy front court, do you not play Anthony Davis? He could he could go 7x at halftime like Giannis in a game like this. <laughs> uh, so, you know, unfortunately, my three top payups as of right now are CJ, Sabonis, and AD, and I got a feeling they're all going to be just smoking chalk. So I'm not thrilled about it, but, uh, you know, 
I, I, I think he's just absolute plug and play. And then, you know, I think you can find some value and get creative here. You know, I, I'm going to do a little more research and, and go back to when LeBron sits uh, for a big, a lot more sample size. And I, I really think I will probably roster uh, one of those ancillary guys in the in the backcourt for the Lakers, uh, whether it be Rondo or Caruso or or you know somebody of that nature. I think they may step it up a little bit and uh, take on that role. I think Kuzma is also a guy that I like uh, because with LeBron off, all that usage has to go somewhere. And Kuzma's from my school of thought. You know, he never saw a shot he didn't like. So I, uh, you know, that sometimes can make for some serious uh, DFS points. So I wanted to leave the, the floor on this last game for you so that all your brilliant brain cells are out there going through the airwaves on into our DF podcast listeners. So what do you got in this last game, Andrew? All right. Well, I'll I'll follow the same path through the lineups here that you did. I'll start with Golden State, and I am open to playing probably two of the guys, not in the same lineup, but uh, I, I do like Marquise Chris here. Okay. He went. Uh, he actually last time they played the Lakers, and that was a game that did include Anthony Davis, LeBron, McGee, Howard, all the big guys. He went hmm. for twenty six nine and one. Wow. And, yeah, and he's been playing well recently. So he's a, he's worth a look in my tournament lineups. Do we have to call him your secret squirrel of the night then? Nah, I don't think we need to call him that. Oh, uh, I think I've just called him that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Whether right, he likes see. it or not, he's going to be that squirrel today. All right. Um, I, and then I agree with you on those guards. I, I like how they've been playing, Lee and Poole, but I don't plan to go there tonight because of the matchup. I will look at Bowman. Again, for tournaments, I think he's got those, you know, coming off the bench, easier, much easier matchup against guys like Rondo and Caruso. Um, and so, I, you know, he's the second guy I would consider if I'm going to play somebody from the Warriors. Over on the Lakers side, I agree AD is a – you know, kind of a slam dunk play in, in general, but I'm going to build some lineups without him for tournaments because uh, I'd rather, you know, four-game slate, the opportunity to get a couple guys more in that, you know, mid-tier 6 to 8K range uh, is attractive to me on this slate. So, you know, if I make three lineups for tournaments, he'll probably be in one of them. And... um. In terms of the rest of the crew for the Lakers, same thing for me. I'm looking at Rondo to step up and mm. handle the ball more with LeBron out. I think, right. you know, those three guys you mentioned off the bench for the guards uh, are all, you know, one of them is going to go off. Rondo, Caruso, KCP. I, I think most likely it's Rondo, but it could easily be the, one of the other two. Kuzma, you know, same thing. He's under 4K. I, I yeah. do like Kuzma anytime he's at that price. The only caveat there is that we do have Markeith Morris in town now. So, you know, if they're kind of balancing minutes a little bit more, I mean, they still should see an uptick with LeBron out, but um, that's my only hesitation there on Kuzma would be Markeith Morris's presence. Possibly. That's a good point, too, for sure. All right, anything else in that game? 
No, just you know, one more point would be uh, McGee and Howard. Um, I, I also think you got to consider them a little bit with LeBron out. Um, you know, McGee hasn't been playing many minutes lately, but right. if he got 16 to 18 minutes, he's absolute bare minimum price on DraftKings. I think he could pay off value. And again, you know, a tournament play there um, if you're playing multiple lineups. Yeah, I, I'll tell you what, I've, I've been burned a few times this year. I have decide, made the decision that if Anthony Davis, Dwight Howard, and JaVale McGee are all 100% playing, that I am not going to touch McGee or Howard again the rest of the season. I've just sworn off of it because two reasons. One, you can't count on their minutes. You can't count on their production. They can easily throw you a 7.2 like Howard did to me uh, two weeks ago. And it's and they play Davis at, at center half the time anyway. So right. I just I have gotten so sour on McGee and Howard. I don't even give them a second look anymore. But that's me. Yeah, I, yeah, I can't blame you. Yeah, but that's it, man. So it is it is okay. a very tough slate, very confusing slate. We don't have the. I guess there's chalk that needs to be chalk, but uh, yeah, it's. It's definitely a different feel today than when we, we're usually so pumped up. We got all these guys in the queue, but slim pickings today, buddy. That's right. You got to work hard today. There's no doubt about it. A couple of things real quickly. Catch us at DFSCoachTalk.com. Become a member. Join the family. Join the the DFS Coach Talk team. Jump in our Discord lineups great talk it's it's an absolute blast we would love to have you um check us out on twitter at ds dfs coach talk um certainly you can follow our pros on twitter 24 7 i'm at j-o-e-s-a-r-v-a-d-i that's joe sarvati and he is at language olympic just like it sounds that's andrews and our man Mike is at M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R-I-A. That is at Mike Apatria. So catch us on there anytime. Remember, you can hear our DFS Coach Talk uh, seven days a week where every, everywhere podcasts are found. We're, on, we're currently on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, iHeart, Spotify, and YouTube. So catch us on all of those. Our man Layton, uh, who's part of the DFS Coach Talk team, uh, has been tweeting out uh, we're having some giveaways for when you listen to the podcast and uh, put a, a comment and give us a, a rating on iTunes where we're going to have a drawing for some weekly full NBA access uh, passes. So definitely get into that. And we do ask you if you enjoy this show on a daily basis or if you listen to us a couple of weeks or a couple of days a week, just you know take a few seconds when you get on there. You know, on, on YouTube, the thumbs up, click the little bell button, which will give you uh, an information of when our pods are coming up and when they post. Uh, click the five stars, likes, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's huge for us because it brings us up the list as far as uh, when we're being searched for people to find and listen to this content. And also, you know, we're I'm, I'm personally working with some uh, there's a chance for some some nice sponsors within the DFS world and community that we'd love to uh, to really entice to come aboard. And and we say that because 
you know, our goal, and we've already committed to doing this, so we're doing it. I mean, there's just no doubt about it. I mean, we're bringing seven-day-a-week free DFS content through the entire regular season, the postseason, the summer uh, league, the summer Olympics, if they play, hopefully, uh, preseason and regular season. And it ends up being just shy of 11 months a year, and that's DFS action that you can play on FanDuel, DraftKings, you know, the main big spots where they're going to be offering stuff for all of that. So, uh, you know, please support us in that way. We, we really, really appreciate it. Continue to remember the three-step process. Listen to our podcast early in the afternoon. The second part, follow us on Twitter and listen to the player news and everything that's going on throughout the day so you can keep fine-tuning that lineup. And then the third thing, that last half an hour, Jump in as a member. Get on our, in our uh, chat with us and Discord there they, and see the lineup, see what we're doing, see what we're talking about. We're watching all the the uh, beat writers and you know fantasy labs of the world and everything that's producing any information that comes out. And you, know, you need that last half hour to, to secure a good lineup that you can win with. Um, su- success occurs when opportunity meets preparation. That's been our theme since Micah Potri and I did the very first DFS NBA preseason slate on the first night, and, and it's true. We talked about it a lot. If you're preparing right and not just throwing a lineup in there and using you know, a lot of the stuff that we're sharing with you, uh, you know, you're going to win. You can easily win like I am at 74%. That's not a difficult spot to get to if you're committing to – doing all the right things to get to that point. And then the last thing I want to mention on the show today, and we, we've talked about it quite a bit, we really launched this because of the big, the Kobe and Gigi loss and how that hit us in the basketball community and how, you know, Andrew and Mike and I specifically, and then Leighton also talked about, let's just step out of the box and do this. And, you know, we have the whole team with Santino and Andy Gallagher and, uh, Brett and my son Dawson's involved. So all of us, the, the whole group of we call the elite eight because it, not because we're elite, because, you know, we're we're not those kind of touts that brag, but because of the uh, NCAA term, we thought it was a cool little nickname. But, you know, all the all of us decide, let's do this. You know, why not? It's it's a fun thing. Uh, we really have gotten great feedback from the podcast. And everybody's looking for something different. And I think we bring a completely unique product to the table that cannot be found anywhere in on the DFS uh, table and specifically in NBA. So we ask you to join us on that. And we also ask you to go to mambaon3.org. That's all spelled out, M-A-M-B-A-O-N-T-H-R-E-E.org. Uh, that is where... Uh, Kobe's widow uh, has set up uh, a fund there that that is really to help uh, the families of those that were lost in that helicopter crash, and not not the Bryans, but the other seven folks that lost their lives. So we would ask you support that. Uh, it's a good vibes thing. You know, we sort of have taken a made a commitment between us that you know when we have winning nights, uh, the first thing we're doing is we're taking a percentage of that and we're going. And we're throwing it in that mombon3.org foundation. And, you know, it feels good to do some good things at times. There's no doubt. And it's a very worthy cause. So 
that is it, my man. I think we covered everything. We've got the four-game slate down. Uh, we both recommend that everybody play just a smidgen lighter and get geared up for the fantastic Friday, Saturday, Sunday slate. And uh, do you have anything else you want to close with, Andrew? Yeah, go a little lighter in cash and go a little heavier in tournaments tonight. <laughs> ah, okay. Andrew's <laughs> doing the double down theory. Okay, let's go for that. That's fine. If you split up, if you usually go 75%, 25% uh, GPP, go 50-50 tonight. Yep. That, that would be our recommendation after putting our, our heads together. So that's a good one. All right, my man. Great, great job. Uh, fantastic. Now you've, uh, I think I'm with a pottery the next three nights, right? Yep, that's right. Oh, wow. I don't get to talk to you again until Monday, brother. I know. It's going to be a long weekend. But, Jeez. yeah, keep it rolling with Mike. And, everybody, uh, hope you do well tonight. Fantastic. All right. We want to thank you for joining us for the DFS Coach Talk podcast. For my fellow NBA pros, Mike Patria and Andrew Hansen, I am Coach. We will catch you again tomorrow when we look to crush it in NBA DFS. Oh,